Senior Team message is presented in this caregiver-centric podcast, providing an update on what's new and exciting across the campuses of Enloe Medical Center. Hello, everyone. I'm Jolene Francis, Vice President of Philanthropy and Communications. Welcome to the June 2023 episode of Enloe's Message. Today, we welcome back Kevin Woodward, Chief Financial Officer at Enloe, to give us an update on our current financial position and anything else he wants to talk about. Hey, thanks for joining us, Kevin. How are you doing? Doing great, Jolene, thanks. Good, good, glad you're here. So I've got a couple questions. We'll just have a conversation about finances because you know what can be more fun than that if you're in a position like yours. So Kevin, we read and hear that hospitals across the country are facing significant financial challenges since the end of the pandemic. But I'm not sure if all of us understand what the underlying issues really are. So I was wondering if you could explain these major challenges to the industry in layman's terms that we can understand. Sure, there really are a lot of them, but I think think the key ones lie in the hospitals face utilization changes or changes in utilization patterns, reimbursement challenges in particular, continued inflation pressures, and workforce shortages. And those should sound familiar to us, right? Those are the exact issues that we face today. They sure do sound familiar, yeah. Many hospitals face significant financial losses during the pandemic due to decreased patient volumes and increased costs fueled by the supply chain disruption followed by inflation. Post-pandemic, Hospitals are in a mode of financial recovery with strategies that include cost containment, operational efficiency improvements, and revenue diversification, and these really be in promoting services and service lines and improved margins. And all of that should, again, be extremely familiar to us because those are our principal strategic objectives from a financial perspective. As it relates to patient volumes or changes in utilization, as the pandemic subsided, hospitals were expecting a rebound in patient volumes including non-COVID-related procedures and visits. However, it's clear it is taking much longer for patient volumes to fully recover to pre-pandemic levels. Like us, hospitals across the country are seeing a decline in inpatient utilization. It's possible we're seeing changes in healthcare-seeking behavior. Reimbursement challenges can be seen in lack of government support. We really don't anticipate the federal or state government and their role as a payer to be particularly supportive of hospitals in the coming years. And we've seen that in the most recent two years. We've only seen increases from Medicare in the range of 1% to 3% outpatient versus inpatient. And then from the state, we've seen limited changes in reimbursement and on inpatient services and no increases on outpatient services. And so that particular group represents about 75% of our payer mix our customer base. And then we see limited relief from commercial payers. Payers simply haven't been enthusiastic about reopening contracts before they expire. And some health systems are reporting that rate increases for renegotiated contracts remain well below the rate of inflation. And we've even heard of some larger systems closing contracts where they've taken what's considered a haircut or reduction in reimbursement rates. So the environment's pretty challenging in light of inflation and and the workforce shortages. So it's all very complex. I mean, I I really give you credit for understanding all of these moving parts that go into this. But I wonder, in addition to what you've just explained about what's affecting the industry overall, 
Are there some unique hurdles that we are trying to work through here at Enlo? I mean, one of the things that comes to mind is we have really heavily weighted payer mix. What else is really unique with us that's affecting these reimbursement levels and the financial situation that we're in? I think what's unique to us is is our utilization patterns are similar to those that are being experienced across the country. However, ours is exponential in that inpatient utilization is down 10%. And when you see a change in utilization, just a point or two for a like organization, that would be considered exponential. And we're seeing something much larger than that. So inpatient utilization being down 10%, while outpatient utilization is up 15%. Again, something exponential for a like organization would be one percentage point or two. We're seeing a change of 15% in outpatient utilization. Wow, that is pretty exponential. I mean, that's that's huge. Those are huge numbers. So, Kevin, I, I read almost every day that hospitals and health systems across the country are laying off healthcare workers, some of them in really large numbers. But we've chosen to go a different direction. And I was wondering if you could tell us the results so far of our efforts to reduce our expenses through attrition in, in our job postings. That is the difference. We've, we've, our objective or strategic objective has been to monitor and, and manage attrition to, to our benefit, right? Principally in the area and in support departments, not necessarily clinical areas. Enlo has approximately 4,000 employees and affiliated staff. We experienced a turnover rate of about 13% in 2022. So that would provide us an opportunity of, of nearly 500 open positions during the year and to be careful and consider smartly not filling certain positions. And again, principally, we've done this in support departments. So that's worked to our advantage. It's provided two to $3 million in, in operating cost savings for an organization that's about 800 million. And we're projecting to basically break even for the year. Through April, we've experienced an operating loss of about 4 million. We expect through June to essentially improve that and end the year in a break-even position. So the work that's been done has been meaningful and measurable, and it is providing some altitude for us to look to the future as we consider repricing of our wages for not only bargained or union-represented employees, but non-bargained staff. Well, that's great. Measurable and meaningful is, is a good outcome. I think, you know, that was that was some hard work everybody put into that. I, I think we can be proud of the results we've achieved so far. I'm guessing you agree with that as well. For sure. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, Kevin, and I'm going to ask you to look at your crystal ball and tell us what your projected outlook is for our financial sustainability into the future. If, if we keep up with this discipline and rigor, of cost containment. So what could you tell us about that? Well, right now we've just completed our work providing a projection for 2024. It's, it's in draft form and some, some work to do. It suggests a positive outlook for the organization. And there's been so much uncertainty throughout the year from one month to the next, whether it would be a positive or, or negative result that we've changed the way in which we report almost like a rating agency is such that, you know, Given the level of uncertainty, we're, we're leaning or providing a probable outlook. And so right now, in light of the financial projection for 2024, 
we're, we're looking at it to be a positive year with another potentially just break-even level of financial performance, which is pretty consistent with like organizations across the country. Obviously, we'd like to have larger margins, which will provide you know, further capacity for continued reinvestment in the organization. But I, I think it's a reasonable target for us as an organization if we can you know, perform at a break-even level. It's interesting, isn't it, that break-even is a great year for us, right? It's, it, it's so unusual compared to many other businesses out there that if we just end the year at break-even, we're doing great. So I guess it's just the industry. Yeah, to give some context, when we look across the country, hospital providers, on average, their margins are negative. Uh, like organizations, there's a couple hundred of us across the country. The average or median is a negative 2%. So most organizations are producing operating losses. So our break-even level of performance when we benchmark ourselves isn't all that bad. Obviously, we'd like to do better and be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think still something to be proud of. I think overall that works all paid off. So what else would you want to tell us to inspire us about our finances? I mean, um, maybe folks are interested in hearing right now where we are on the Cancer Center project. I know there's a lot of work that's going on and we're not giving, you know, too much detailed regular updates, but so tell us where we are on that project right now. Sure. Just as a reminder, we secured financing in November of this fiscal year. And so we have the project's funds available. We have a project budget that's approximately $150 million. And we are in what's considered the schematic design phase. So it's, again, basically putting boxes on a piece of paper that suggest where various services and departments and functions will lie within the building itself. We do have what's considered some massing, so we have an idea of the size of the building, where it will sit on the property, and you know how large it will be. So uh, it is expected to be a, a three-story structure that is just short of 100,000 square feet, with the first floor to include radiation oncology, the second floor, most of the clinic space, and the third floor being infusion. Wow, that's a big building, but it's still we're still on track to open in early 26, right? So if we're if we're still moving ahead this quickly, we'll be great breaking ground at the beginning of next year and about a year's worth of construction. Is that about right? Yeah. The target for construction to begin is April. So a year from today, roughly. And with completion the first quarter of 2026 calendar okay. year. Great. So that 150 million, that includes the building and all the equipment fixtures, right? True. Yes. The building itself is just right around 100 million. And then what they call FF&E, furniture, fixtures and equipment, just around 50 million. Okay. Well, it's an expensive building, but in the end, it's going to serve our community so much better. Our This service line is just busting at the seams where they are now. There's so many more people that need cancer care in this region. And in the end, um, it'll pay for itself. So so to speak, I guess. So we're, we're getting pretty excited about it. I can't wait to see it. Should start to see some real renderings in, in the next month or two, and hopefully a, a model to be placed out at, at the Cancer Center for people to see. That would be great. And I heard that they're also going to mock up some of the 
the patient care areas so that in, in real 3D size, so people can walk in it and experience it. That'll be interesting too. Yeah, that's part of the process. Yeah, great. Well, hey, that's about all the time we have today, Kevin, but I want to thank you so much for joining us behind the Enlo microphone. We all appreciate your leadership and your team and the hard work that they do to keep the budget and the bank accounts balanced here at Enlo. So thanks for for doing all that for us. Thanks for having me, Jolene. And I want to thank everybody who is listening for spending the time with us and for sharing this program with your colleagues and friends. Uh, We're going to talk again on July 1st. Can't believe it's going to be a new fiscal year by then. Then I'll welcome back another member of Enlo's senior team to this podcast with news and information that's important to you. And until then, this is Jolene Francis sending you all a most sincere thank you for caring for our community.